Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight we're going to be in Judges chapter 3. Judges chapter 3. The first two chapters were really a prologue, introduction into the book. Uh, before we actually get into it, there's just two points that I, I kind of wanted to make. Uh, again, Paul, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. <clears throat> now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written down for our admonition upon who the ends of the ages has come. All of these, what we learn in the Old Testament all applies now to our lives, the, the trials, the tribulations, the ups and the downs. <clears throat> also, as you, as you read the Word of God, um, I've always been a reader, going back to grammar school, had a lot of time on, on the subways and buses, so I always read. Very rarely was there a book that I would read more than once, The Hobbit and the Lords of the Rings is the exception, but the Bible is meant to be read over and over. Because as you, as you read it, things jump out that maybe you didn't notice before as you hear people teach it. Just an example. Uh, Paul taught, Paul Cardillo, Pastor Paul, taught in Exodus 33:11 about the presence of God. <clears throat> and in that, the last verse, um, Exodus 33, uh, verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. Moses would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 7, God gave his instructions for, for occupying the land. In Deuteronomy 31, verses 15 and 16, this is at the tabernacle, God tells Moses the people will, will not obey him, will not follow his instructions. My assumption is that Joshua is in the background listening. So that now when you get to the book of Joshua 23, in his Joshua's farewell address, he, he reiterates, he restates God's instruction to the people. I'm just assuming he heard it and he said, you know what, maybe these people, I'm going to remind them. As, we, as we're now in the land. I'm going to remind them of God's instructions. Did it work? Not really. But I, I just, again, it's something that you pick up. I mean, I've read Exodus a few times. Never really picked up on that part before. And just an example that when you read it, <clears throat> as you reread it, things jump out, things that you might not have noticed before. <clears throat> Point number two. Oh. And... As you reread it, again, it's like, it's like learning. And uh, I work in Manhattan. A lot of strange things happen in Manhattan. I know you've seen these disaster movies. You always have the guy on the street with the placard, the end is near, repent. Um, they are in New York. But unfortunately, you wouldn't see in Hollywood, most of them, the placards say, Jesus saves. So last week... Um, as I was walking to the train, this one gentleman, he was 
kind of preaching, but his, the line that I caught as I was turning the corner was, get your master's degree and PhD in the Lord. And I said, oh, you know what? I got to use that. That was really good. I got to use that. Um, the second point, in, in chapter 2, um, Judges chapter 2, 16, we came to the point we see this nevertheless. The people did this, the people did that. Nevertheless, God sent them a deliverer when they cried out to him. This is grace. Now, there's a... <clears throat> so, nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them. God, because of his great love for his people, would raise up a judge, a hero, to rescue them from their calamity. God did this nevertheless, not because Israel got to a place where they deserved such a deliverer from God, <clears throat> but in spite of the fact that they were undeserving. As an accountant, one of the terms that I deal with is return on investment. There's a uh, <clears throat> TV show that my wife and I watch, Shark Tank. These entrepreneurs, people come and pitch their ideas. Well, there's one, one of the, uh, the sharks, Kevin O'Leary, affectionately known as Mr. Wonderful. His whole, his whole thing is return on investment. If he's going to invest, he wants a royalty, he wants a license fee, he wants a percentage of sales. He wants something back right away. I'm fairly certain that God is not an accountant because he's willing to wait. He's willing to wait as long as it takes for us to come and ask him for us to bring our troubles to him, for us to enter into a relationship with him. And that, again, that's just something that jumped out as I was rereading it. Okay, now as we, we're going to get into the chapter, the book of Judges bridges the Torah, which is the first five books, kind of plus the book of Joshua, with the kings, which come in First and Second Samuel and thereafter. Now, all of these first books... <clears throat> I think that there was all leaders. You had Abraham, you had Moses, you had Joshua, you had Joseph. There was always somebody leading and directing the people. I think now when we get into the book of Judges, God took the training wheels off. He goes, okay, now you're on your own. Let's see how you do. Let's see how you, uh, if you listen to my commandments, when we know that they failed. The book of Judges is the book of no king. 1 Samuel is the book of man's king, Saul. 2 Samuel is the book of God's king, David. In Deuteronomy uh, 31, 9 to 13, the priests were commanded to read the book of Deuteronomy publicly to the nation every seventh year during the Feast of Tabernacles so that they would remind the people. Had they been faithful to their job, the spiritual leaders would have read Deuteronomy 7 and warned the Israelites not to spare their pagan neighbors. In Romans 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The same steps toward defeat and slavery are being taken by the church today. Just want to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers 
and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. <clears throat> Too many believers today are relying on religious fast food being dispensed for easy consumption by entertaining teachers who give people what they want rather than what they need. Joe mentioned this Pastor Creflo Dollar that's asking he wants a new jet. I saw something today, he's at, I think he's got 20,000 people in his congregation. <clears throat> he's asking them each to donate $300 so he can get this jet. I heard a, something that he said uh, which is it's really, the word of God is the gateway to the word of wealth. So I know somebody at the Mercedes dealer, I'm willing to make appointments for you guys as, when we're ready. Obviously, he's ready because he's already got a couple of Rolls Royces. <clears throat> so the balance of the book of Judges will chronic, chronicle 13 judges who are not really judges as we would think in judiciary, but they're more leaders, all diverse, all with limited victories, but nevertheless spelling out a symphony of defeat. Now we get into the book itself. So Judges chapter 3. <clears throat> now these are the nations which the Lord left that he might test Israel by them. That is, all who, had not, all who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formerly known it. Namely, the lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the Hivites, who dwelt in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal Hermon to the entrance of Hamath. And they were left that he, the Lord, might test Israel by them to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. Thus the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The fact that he wanted that he wanted them to know war, uh, this could be looked as a training ground, because we know both Saul and David would need effective armies to overcome their enemies and establish the kingdom. That he, the Lord, might test Israel by them. It was within the power of God to eliminate those pagan nations without any help from Israel. God allowed the pagan nations to remain for a reason. The word test here is used in the sense of proving. These nations would remain because God wanted to prove the faithfulness of Israel to himself. Just as we do sometimes with our children, it's not the most helpful thing to do everything for them. Sometimes they need to learn. And continuing in verse 6. And they took their daughters to be their wives and gave their daughters to their sons and they served their gods. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God. They served the Baals and the Asherahs. We learned before the Baals, uh, really the god of weather, which in that culture would mean wealth 
and the Asherah is, is basically the god of sex. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rishmanatha, king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel served Cushan eight, eight years. <clears throat> Now, this, this leader from Mesopotamia, um, he, this meant, meant he came from way up north all the way down to Judah in the south. When, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them, Othniel, the son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother, who we met in chapter one. He, Caleb promised his daughter to somebody who would take I think it was Kirjath, and uh, and Canaz and Othniel did it. The key here is God responds to His people when they cry out. <clears throat> this is one of the key messages in the book of Judges. Continuing in verse ten, the spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord delivered Cushan, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. And, he, and his hand prevailed over Cushan. So the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Canaz, died. The spirit of the Lord, we've seen this many times. In Ze Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, So he answered me and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by, my, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Othniel not only rescued his nation from bondage, he also served as a judge for 40 years. Never underestimate the impact that one person can have who is filled with the spirit of God and obedient to his will. Now this, interesting here, this uh, 40 years, I knew it, this is a significance. I mean, there's so many other places. The rains in Noah fell for 40 days and nights. Israel ate manna in the desert for 40 years. Moses was with God on Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights. The spies, who was Joshua and Caleb, who, who went into the, the new land while they were still in the wilderness to, to check it out, they were there for 40 days. It's, it's re, it, repeating so many times, I would maybe try and do a study on this 40, the number 40 in God's, <clears throat> in God's word, but it's all, there's so many different, different times. Uh, Jesus fasted 40 days and nights. It's just, I don't know the significance but it'd be interesting to, to study it. So now, Othniel has passed away, now in verse 12. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. In Proverbs 26, 11, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. 
<clears throat> Collapse in the life of a believer is rarely the result of a blowout, but almost always the result of a slow leak. As we continue in the book of Judges, we'll see the collapse of the people of God. It won't happen in a single battle, but will slowly erode, but will erode slowly as the result of compromise with their enemy. Pastor Joe taught about on Sunday, he, he mentioned about Christians getting too close to the edge, too close to, to temptation and sin. So continuing on. So the children of Israel served Eglon, king of Moab, 18 years. But when the children of, of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. By, by him, the children of Israel sent tribute to Eglon of Moab. Now, this is a little contradiction because Benjamin is a subtle contradiction. Benjamin means son of my right hand. The term left-handed here, it, it was, he was impeded with his right hand. He was, it must have been handicapped in some way because for the most part, uh, Everybody in that era, even if they were left-handed, they were made to be right-handed. Ehud was the instrument through which God was going to bring peace to his people. So now Ehud made himself a dagger. It was double-edged and a cubit in length and fastened it, fastened it under his clothes on his right thigh. Being left-handed, he's going to go over to the, to the right you were right-handed, you'd be going the other way. So he brought the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. And when he had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who had carried the tribute. But he himself turned back from the stone images that were at Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. <clears throat> he said, keep silence. And all who attended him went out. So Ahad came to him. Now he was sitting upstairs in his cool private chamber. Then Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. So he, Eglon, arose from his seat. Then Ehud reached with his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. Now this would be unexpected because, again, most, almost everybody was right-handed, so he wouldn't expect it to come from the left hand. Even the hilt went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not draw out the dagger out of his belly, and his entrails came out. And the only image I can think of here is Jabba the Hutt. That was the size of this guy. Then Ehud went out through the porch and shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. When he had gone out, Eglon's servants came to look, and to their surprise, the doors of the upper room were locked. So they said, he is probably attending to his needs in the cool chamber. He's going to the bathroom. That's what, that's what their thought was. So they waited until they were embarrassed and still had, had not opened the doors of the upper room. Therefore, they took the key and, and opened them, and there was their master fallen dead on the floor. But Ehud had escaped while they delayed and passed beyond the stone images and escaped to Sarah. And it happened when he arrived that he blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim and the children of Israel went down with him from the mountains and he led them. 
Then he said to him, Follow me, for the Lord has delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. So they went down after him, seized the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab, and did not allow anyone to cross over. This would have prevented the Moabites from escaping, also prevented them from getting reinforcements. And at that time, they killed about 10,000 men of Moab, all stout men, not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rested for 40 years. Again, this, I mean 80 years. Again, there's 40 multiples of 40. In the same way, God raises up leaders in the church, but they can't do the work themselves. The whole body needs to work together. Now the last judge in this, after him was Shamgar, the son of Nath, Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. There's not much more said about him. He's not mentioned anywhere else. Um, this ox goad was like an eight-foot pole with a, a metal rod on the end to prod the animals into moving. Understand, when, when, <clears throat> when Israel was under bondage, their enemies would have seized all their weapons, so they, had a, they would be using whatever they had. But still, he, God can use anybody, and God will use anybody. Uh, and it's just, we just have to be ready. We have to be ready to serve. We have to be ready to, uh, to, to, to get involved, to, to volunteer. It's all, it's all service to God, and it's all pleasing to Him. Anyway... That's where I'm going to end off, and uh, we'll close in a word of prayer. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.